0: Good morning. And peace be with you. Yesterday we had a very uh, nice uh, congregational meeting, and I thank everybody that was able to be here. We managed to uh, meet the requirements of our quorum without a problem. And um, it was different than years past in that there wasn't an awful lot to discuss or to choose on. So um, the, the the biggest change uh, was uh, just uh, some addition to our Constitution. Uh, as you know, and as we have uh, spoken here uh, uh, in the weeks preceding, um, that we have uh, wrote out in our Constitution that we are duly affiliated. And that means that we are affiliated with a North American Lutheran Church. And in addition, we are affiliated with the LCMC, which is the Lutheran Congregations in Mission for Christ, who are uh, the folks that uh, approved my ordination, the folks that uh, I uh, went to an accredited uh, seminary through, and the folks that this church has uh, been using since they left the ELCA, this church has been under the umbrella of the LCMC's 501C3. So the changes that occurred in that were to say, anywhere there was the NAL- NALC only, it said NALC and or, the LCMC. I'm sorry, that? So, yeah. You just wait, I'm going to sing for you in a minute here, Daryl. You'll be, but uh, you know, all of those things, um, They, you know, as we're saying and as Daryl points out and you all are laughing, man, I tell you what, we are not far removed from how uh, the Israelites were adding things to God's word, were they? I mean, boy, let's make some more rules. So um, that is the gist of it. A reason I bring it up one more time um, for this audience and then also those that are uh, at home and watching this is that um, I understand the history of this church and the history and the hard work that was behind actually framing out that constitution. And I am sensitive to um, not wanting to appear that we did anything untoward, and that all we did was make it as everybody thought we always were, duly affiliated, now it is written there. It does not change what we believe. It doesn't change who we are. It is, in my estimation, uh, take that for what it's worth, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. I almost said crossing your I's and dotting your T's, so there you go. Uh, but uh, that's that's all the news that is fit to tell. Other than this, we will start a new Bible study uh, during the week on Tuesdays, starting at noon, and we will be studying the book of Luke. And so I invite you to do uh, to come. Uh, it starts at noon. I would encourage you, if you'd like to, to bring a sack lunch because. That's lunchtime. Uh, earlier than that, we have the uh, sit-and-be-fitters. So I was hoping that anyone that is doing sit-and-be-fit might stay uh, for the Bible study as well. Or any that, you know, I'm just hoping that that makes a really nice day of fellowship and being in, in, in the Word with, uh, with your friends and family here at, at Reformation. So that starts February the 2nd. At 12 noon. And then also, uh, this church is going to be celebrating a, a birthday of sorts. On November 12th, Reformation Evangelical Lutheran Church of Westminster, California will be 60 years old. November 12th. And so, in preparation for that, these things can creep up on us. And if you put me in charge, I'd probably be going to uh, Party City the day before to get all of that stuff. So we have uh, a volunteer that is going to help. And she needs uh, input from all of you. Debbie Bice has uh, stepped forward to, to help with that. But she needs help help. So some of the wonderful ideas uh, that I heard yesterday, and that was uh, maybe a reflection from those, that what do you love about Reformation Lutheran Church? Or do you have any old pictures? Or do we have any memorabilia slash, um, well, I have a little tiny, uh, a little itty-bitty shovel on my wall. And that must have been for a campaign or a celebration when we broke ground here. And so those are the kind of things. I'm thinking of a lady, and her name's Luanne, who is always, if you're watching this, Luanne, and I think you might be, she is a character, and she always comes, she goes, you know I am the oldest charter member here. And she, and she knows an awful lot about the history of this, including Somehow she got a, and her friends in uh, the youth group got a Volkswagen beetle stuck between the pillars over there, what we call the social hall. So I'm just thinking, you know, Luann, if you're watching this, we might want to, you know, put that to video so that, you know, I think the statute of limitations have expired and you can't get in trouble for it, but we'd love to hear about that. And I know as I look out here, there are a lot of memories, and a lot of families that have come here and, um, and been blessed. So just want to think about that. That's November the 12th in 2021 when we will be uh, celebrating that. So as you uh, have ideas pop into your head, won't you share them with me or with Ashley or with Debbie Bice? I would appreciate that, okay? Without further ado, let us start our worship service this morning. The opening hymn is His Love Endures Forever, and indeed it does. forget the words of that song. There's only three or four, huh? But it's true. His love does endure forever. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment of silent reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean, And walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are His. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah! Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, Alleluia, the Lord be with you. Let us pray, Almighty and everlasting God who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace. And through all our days, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the first book of Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 20, and this can be found on page 423 in your Pew Bible. Now Samuel was a prophet of God and anointed the first two kings of the Israelites, Saul and David. In this reading, the choosing of Samuel at about the age of 12 years old. By God, to be the prophet is described. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel, So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went, lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli and everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli. The guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel answered. What was it he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, Recognize that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. Next, we will read Psalm 139, verses 1 through 10, responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. In this psalm, King David acknowledges God's omniscient knowledge of the human heart and mind at all times. God knows what we're thinking before we think it. The epistle this morning is taken from the first, uh, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter six, verses 12 through 20, and this can be found on page 1777 in your pew Bible. And in this letter, Paul is writing to new Christians in Corinth, like some today, who have decided to interpret scripture in such a way that they believe everything they do is okay. I'm OK, you're OK. Paul warns them that such thought and actions will lead to destruction. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with the 12th verse. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the first chapter Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 51, and can be found on page 1647 in the Pew Bible. John 1, 43 to 51. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can Anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you, while well, you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer amen in the name of Jesus as we continue in the season of epiphany we find that today both the Old Testament reading and the gospel reading deal with a special kind of epiphany the epiphany of God to his people in both of these readings, God is calling specific people to serve him. Now, the Old Testament reading tells of Samuel. And as Ken pointed out, we know that Samuel grew up in and around the tabernacle that is, the tent. A tent where God decided to show his presence to his people. Now at the time uh, in his life when most modern day parents would be looking for preschool, Samuel's mother had brought him to the tabernacle and apprenticed him to Eli who was the high priest. And Samuel was to live his entire life dedicated to the service of the Lord. The reading tells us that Samuel was still a boy when the Lord came to him. It also tells us that the Lord came and stood This indicates that the Lord's epiphany to Samuel was in the form of an objective, physical presence of some sort. The Lord appeared to Samuel as a real, physical presence who had real, physical words, words of judgment for Samuel to proclaim to Israel and Eli. This epiphany of God to Samuel was the call to be the last judge of Israel. And as Ken pointed out correctly as well, he was to be the prophet who anointed both Saul and David as kings. Of Israel. Now today's gospel tells us of Jesus giving a, an epiphany of himself to the first disciples. He is calling them to follow him. Today's reading deals primarily with the call of Philip and Nathanael who was also known as Bartholomew. A general overview of today's reading shows Jesus calling Philip, who in turn called Nathanael. Now the gospel narrative is very careful to tell us that it is Jesus who does the calling. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip, and he said to him, Follow me. Now, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, John makes it very clear that Jesus found Philip. Here is an invitation from God himself. There was no intermediary. The words go directly from God's mouth to Philip's ears, and that is a direct call from God. Now, God's call to Nathanael is just as valid. It's just as valid. This is still an invitation from God himself, but this time, God issued his call through his servant, Philip. Today's gospel clearly says that Philip found Nathanael. And then he said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, this is an indirect call, because God used a go-between to call Nathaniel. This indirect call is the way that God calls his people today. I'll be honest with you. If I were God, I surely would not choose a sinner like me tell others about his salvation. If I were God, I would not rely on fallible human beings to confess their faith to others. And as you know, and I know, regardless of what God does, I am not God. And God has ordained that we proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. And he has determined, God has determined to work through that proclamation to bring salvation to all of humanity. And he works through his word as we read it. He works through his word as it is preached. And he works through his word by that sharing of his word by his people. He also works through his sacraments. As the church administrates them, administers them through his called and ordained servants of Christ. As Martin Luther says in the explanation of the third article, he writes, in quote, the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel. And it has been a long time, a long, long time since God has shown himself in physical form as he did to Samuel, to Philip, and Nathaniel. But the call that God extends from one soul to another happens continuously. He's still calling, and he's still speaking to us through his word and through his sacraments and through his followers. Now one thing that is consistent about all calls from God, whether they are direct or indirect, is that the call is from God. It is God who calls us. Now, we may search for God, but we will not find him. It is always God who finds us. A professor in my seminary used to remind me, Ken, who's chasing who? He pursued you. He pursues me. Now look at Samuel, for example. The text tells us that he was sleeping in the temple with the Ark of the Covenant. Now, you would think that anyone who did that would know when the Lord was talking to him. However... When the Lord called, Samuel thought it was Eli, the priest. And he, he didn't find the Lord. The Lord found him. And if we look at Philip, Philip lived in Bethsaida. And if we were to look at a map, we would see that Bethsaida is really not that far from Nazareth. And Philip had lived his entire life just a few miles from the Messiah. And his remarks to Nathaniel tell us that he even knew that Moses and the prophets had pointed forward to the Messiah. So he was looking for the Messiah, and the Messiah was just about 12-ish miles Away from him over there in Nazareth. He's just in the next town. The truth is, Philip didn't find Jesus, but Jesus found him. You see, ever since Adam and Eve, when they ran away and tried to hide from God in Eden, mankind has run away whenever the true God has approached them. At best, we think the things of God are there to make our lives miserable and boring. But is more likely that we think God is out to punish and torture us. And we are terrified of him. And so we flee, from his presence. Now why do we flee from the gracious hand of our Creator? We flee because deep down inside we know who we are. And while we are with others to, you know, who are, are like us, we we draw comfort in the fact that we are more or less about as good as all of the people around us. Paul's epistle touched on that. And we can go into denial about our sin. We can can delude ourselves into thinking that, eh, we're not all that bad (laughs) after all. Turn on the TV and look at that guy, right? We get comfortable We get comfortable in our own moral degeneration because the world around us is about as, well, it's about as degenerate as we are. On the other hand, when God comes into our lives, we see the filth in which we live. We have eyes to see the lies and the gossip, and the hatred. We've been given eyes to see how our minds and our eyes have been unfaithful to our spouses, and how our eyes and our minds have been unfaithful to God. The contrast between our sin and God's Holiness is absolutely terrifying. So when we look for God, we look for a little g-God. When we look for God, we look for a little g-God made in our own image that measures up to our expectations. We look for a little g-God who makes us comfortable. We can search and search and search, but we will never find the true God because we are looking for a little g God made after our own image instead of the holy God who is neither made nor created. And that is the reason that our salvation depends on God coming to us coming to find us, coming to speak to us, come and see. It is he who searches for us as a shepherd who searches for his lost sheep. It is he who came down to us in order that he might take us up with him. It is he, the one who did not come to punish us for our guilt, but to take the punishment for our guilt onto himself. He did not come to let us fester in our sin, but to defeat that sin by taking it to the cross and nailing it there for us. He did not come to proclaim our eternal punishment, but to proclaim our eternal salvation through his resurrection from the dead you see God came to Philip in the person of Jesus Christ and through Philip he came to Nathaniel, and Philip and Nathaniel and the other disciples would witness all that Christ taught and did as he earned forgiveness for the sins of the world. And God inspired them to write down their experiences. And we have their witness in God's word in the Holy Bible. And now God comes to us as we read, as we consider and discuss and preach and hear his word. And it is through that holy word that the Holy Spirit works to produce faith in us. And the faith, that faith that receives forgiveness and life and salvation from the God, from the God that calls us to be his own, who adopts us as daughters and as sons, and gives us the power to be his children and to live with him in eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen.
2: pain I have wept for love of them they turn away I will break their hearts of stone give them hearts for love alone I will speak my word to them who shall I send Here I am Lord Is it I set a feast for them my hand will say finest bread i will provide till their hearts be satisfied i will give my life to them whom shall i save I will go, Lord, if you live.
0: if you're able. Let us confess together our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church in Christ Jesus for all people all people according to their needs. O Lord, you have called us into the fellowship and priesthood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And by his incarnation and great work of salvation, heaven is open to us in him. Give us boldness to cling to your faithful call, that your deliverance would not be hidden but spoken freely in all the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, preserve your church here and throughout the world. Send forth laborers into your harvest and sustain those you have sent. Make all Christians bold in confession and unwavering in prayer. Lord, in your mercy. And Father, you have given us your Holy Spirit, making our bodies your temple and knitting us together into the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ. Give us courage And consistency to treasure your gift of holy marriage. Preserve your Christians in true chastity. The married in honorable faithfulness to one another. And the unmarried in honorable purity. For you have bought us with a precious price of your son's blood to glorify you in our bodies. Lord, in your mercy, and almighty God, you are the Lord, and you do whatever seems good to you, and as every lawful authority on earth comes from you, uphold in righteousness and health our nation with its leaders. Preserve in wisdom and honor Joseph, our president elect, and Kamala, our vice president elect, and Gavin, our governor, and all public servants, including our armed forces, police, and first responders. Send peace and work out truth and justice in our time. Lord, in your mercy, God, behold in mercy all for whom we pray, especially Bob Kendig. Bring healing, comfort, strength, patience, and certainty to all in need receive our thanks for your constant watch and merciful kindness. And in every sorrow and every joy, do not let our eyes be drawn from the greater marvel of your kindness in Jesus Christ, by whose grace and forgiveness alone we receive every blessing. Lord, in your mercy and holy Lord, Renew the gift of your Holy Spirit to all who commune this day. Work in us true contrition to lament and abandon our sins and so to come in confident faith to eat your Son's body and drink his blood, given and shed for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, in your mercy... Now all these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us. Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace at a distance responsibly. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places Offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. And sharing in our lives, he lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious, triumphant coming again. Let us pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. This holy sacrament is for all baptized believer, baptized believers who confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It is a means of grace. It does impart forgiveness of sins. It does rescue from the dead, and it does ensure eternal life through what Christ did on that cross for you and for me. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
3: Beautiful, sure, the melodious songs of the blessed, and our spirits shall sorrow no more. Not to sigh for the blessing of rest in the sweet, in the sweet. for sure
0: things I pray and I'm confident that the Lord blessed you this day with his word and his sacrament I'm confident that the Holy Spirit resides in all of you and I'm confident that God's going to do what he knows is best whether I agree with it or not the other thing I wanted to share with you is that uh, Him, here I am, Lord. Um, about 20 years ago, I had heard that. I'd heard it before, but I really heard it 20 years ago. And I believe at that time, that was Him speaking to me through somebody else. About 20 years ago, I kind of went, oh, yeah, you know, maybe you you want me to, you know, get into ministry, Father? (laughs) That'll happen. And flash forward to today. Oh, he does call you, and he does pull on your heart, and he does direct your steps if you are quiet and still and invite him to guide you, that you ask for him to give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and humility to be obedient to his call. The good news is not all of you are going to have to be pastors or missionaries somewhere you don't want to be. But your mission field is outside these doors. As you drive out of this parking lot, you're entering the mission field. And your mission field can be in your own home, with your own children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. It may be expanded into your neighborhood or into your community or into your state or into your nation or into the world, but that is up to Him. And I challenge you just to pray on that and to be at peace no matter what His answer is. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you His perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Closing hymn is the church's one foundation.
4: Church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his home. So...